0: Money is burning a hole in many of a pocket and needs to be put to work. So I, I think we're going to see people get busy again. Um, but you know, certainly when money was essentially free, it, that it's a hard comp to compare it to.
1: That was Jennifer Fritchie, managing director at the global investment bank Greenhill, regarding the current state of the digital infrastructure M&A market. Hi, I'm Jeff Johnston. And welcome to the All Day Digital Podcast where we talk to industry executives and thought leaders to get their perspective on a wide range of factors shaping the communications industry. This podcast is brought to you by Cobank's Knowledge Exchange Group. The digital infrastructure market is going through various waves of consolidation, given the adoption of AI, changing customer needs, and investors' insatiable appetite to own these assets. Jennifer's extensive experience as a communications equity analyst and her current perspective as an investment banker makes her the perfect guest to talk about this dynamic and rapidly changing market. So, without any further ado, pitter patter, let's hear what Jennifer has to say. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here with us today.
0: Thank you for asking me, Jeff. I'm honored to be here. I'm a big fan of CoBank.
1: Thank you. Well, I've been meaning to have you on for a while, actually. I've been tracking you down, and so we're super excited to have you here today and to talk about uh, digital infrastructure and kind of what's happening from a consolidation standpoint. So um, maybe just real high level, Jennifer, maybe you can just kind of help us understand uh, or provide an overview of A, what is digital infrastructure? And then B, kind of what's happening as it relates to M&A and consolidation in the space?
0: Sure. So is it helpful to just kind of give my background to talk about why I have this view, if that's helpful.
1: Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear that.
0: So um, my, um, I, right now I'm a banker at Green Hill, but it, my view is different and experience is different from the typical banker because I was an equity research analyst for 25 years at Wells Fargo or different um, predecessors of Wells. And during that time, I followed not only the carrier space, AT&T, Verizon, et cetera, but also the, what we call digital infrastructure. And so I followed the towers since the late 90s when they came public, um, fiber, data centers, and all that came with it. And so then um, about two and a half years ago, I pivoted to the banker role, but I, I give that as the backdrop because my the majority of my career, like the mother load of my career was spent kind of just going deep into these models, companies, management team strategies, et cetera. So to answer your first question, how would I define digital infrastructure? So I would define it as um, as, as the infrastructure needed to support all broadband needs, those both wireless, wireline, and um, in different forms of that. When I was an analyst, that used to be very kind of neatly separated silos. Um, I would call it, you know, towers, macro towers being one, small cells being another, fiber being another, and then data centers being another. And you can add like sub bullets to all that, like edge in building, et cetera. And what we've seen in, to answer your second question, in the, the space since my time as an analyst, is a morphing of what used to be independent and separate silos. You have data centers buying tire or tower companies buying data centers. You have data centers play, playing the edge. You have tower companies buying fiber companies. And so you've seen this kind of morphing of what used to be separate and distinct independent silos.
1: Do you think that's because the industry is maturing and we're sort of seeing this vertical integration theme play out, uh, which we, I think, see in, in certain mature industries? You think that's kind of at play here, Jennifer, or is there is there other strategic um, strategic things at play here that are that are uh, that are resulting in all of this sort of consolidation?
0: I think the customers' needs are changing, and the customers themselves are changing. Um, what I always quote this story to people, but, When I did take that hiatus from going to be an analyst, took a year off to being a banker, um, one of my favorite former CEOs said to me, he's like, did you ever think you'd come back after a year and see Microsoft be the largest telecom company? And it was an interesting comment, but very telling because When I was an analyst, the cloud providers weren't as aggressive as they are now. You know, you look at Microsoft as the example. They're very much in the wireless business, although they don't own any any, um, exclusive license spectrum. And so, you know, they've made big bets through acquisitions on wireless, 5G, etc. So the customers themselves are changing. And the customer needs also are changing. You know, Verizon might have just dealt with American Tower or Crown Castle just for macro cell sites. But then they bought all this spectrum and said, okay, some of the spectrum, if physics still works, is best supported for small cells. American Tower, can you help me with that? You know, how or Crown Castle, can you help me with that? And I think what you've seen the digital infrastructure providers do. Um, is just create put more tools in the toolkit to help this growing customer base.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. So as new spectrum was auctioned off and it had different propagation characteristics, the architect of, uh, um, of, the, uh, of, the, of the network starts to change and takes on different types of configurations. and so I could see how that gets a heck of a lot more complicated. yeah. so having more of a one-stop stop, one-stop solution from some of your infrastructure providers would help things a lot
0: that's right exactly and it, i don't want to say one throat to choke but kind of you want one kind of point person to help you with those needs
1: and and is is there also a cost element here as well like are the the customers needs are changing from an architecture standpoint but i mean look we know margins are tight and there's a lot, it's a very, you know, the wireless industry is obviously very competitive. And so do you think there's a cost element here as well? If you aggregate more volume with certain vendors, you can get better pricing?
0: That's true in some ways, but not always. For example, the towers is a great example of that. I mean, the tower margins are as good as any industry I've ever seen. And, you know, I I think the beauty of the tower model, not if you're a carrier, but is the the NIMBA effect, the not in my backyard is alive and well. So, you know, it's hard for AT&T to say to American Tower, I don't want to pay that price for the tower or lease on the tower because there's typically not another tower in sight by a mile. And again, if physics still works, it's hard to support that signal. And then you go down the rabbit hole of the towers are protecting the integrity of the network, which is the number one focus of churn or keeping churn down. So I think in some ways it is, I mean, the, at, from a cost side of it, um, digital infrastructure, be it towers or um, small cells just on the wireless sides are a very small percentage of total costs for the, the carriers. So I, I think it's less about cost and they still have so much heavy lifting to do. Um, just sticking with the wireless side, you know, 18, Verizon paid north of $40 billion in the C-band spectrum auction. There's an extremely high carrying cost to just sitting with that spectrum and not building it out.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So what about data centers? Um, whether it's co-location data centers or, or edge data centers or, or you know, pick, pick, your, uh, pick your flavor, I guess. How do you think about consolidation uh, in that industry?
0: So it's been massive, and I think we're still going to see major layers of it. Um, just to give you um, some uh, perspective, again, I was an analyst three years ago. Four of the names I used to follow, those being Switch, Cyrus One, Foresight, um, and QTS, are now private companies in the hands of large infrastructure funds. And so it just shows you how much things have changed and how much consolidation has happened. Um, I think you will continue to see aggressive consolidation because one of the things that has been just the phenomenon has been AI. You know, it was, it, we all know and read the articles about what AI has done. The, the customers, those being the hyper, I'm talking more on the hyperscaler, so the cloud service providers are spending so aggressively ahead of that, that the challenge is cost of capital and being able to fund ahead of those customers' needs. That's that's the bag of tricks that the, all the data centers are really de- grappling with here.
1: So, so when you say the cost of capital, is that just, um, I mean, I hear of you know, aggressive lending programs where you're securitizing assets and and so forth. You're kind of referring to that?
0: Well, just everything's gotten harder in the data center world. It's gotten more expensive to build. Inflation is a real issue. Power is a real issue. Cooling is a real issue. And so, and again, when I was an analyst, a big deal was 20 to 30 megawatts. I mean, I remember writing many a note saying, wow, big deal. Now that number is like, 300 megawatts for a large deal. So you're seeing this just massive demand. So what I mean is spending ahead of that customer demand at a more expensive cost, you know, to do so, because those customers, the hyperscalers will go to where there's room at the end. And so you need that room in that end. So you got to be front footed ahead of these customers.
1: Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And do you see the hyperscalers uh, primarily building versus buying, um, uh, or, or are they looking at strategically around picking off, you know, data center locations that, you know, fit their network nicely and have the necessary capacity and access and all that kind of stuff. How, how do they think about that?
0: So they're, they're doing both. Um, but I think like towers and wireless data centers is not the core business of, the cloud service providers, you know, their capital is better spent in other places. So they've been leaning in and relying hev- heavily in terms of um, using third party sources and those third parties that have room um, and, again, space capacity. It's it's been key here.
1: So that would be, I guess, for an institutional investor, an infrastructure fund, that's got to be really attractive, right, to fund those third party companies that are signing these multi year agreements with the likes of Facebook and others. So, is that
0: absolutely? Like- yeah. And it's, it's the, the definition of cloud service providers has also expanded. I mean, it used to be just mostly Microsoft, AWS, and Google. And now, yeah, you mentioned Apple, Facebook, the, the layer Oracle, you know, there's layers of hyperscalers that are just um, aggressively growing as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you touched on well, when you were talking about costs, you touched on, you know, the labor environment, I believe, and, and interest rates. And, and I certainly get how that, you know, can impact, you know, how quickly you can build a new network or build a new data center. And of course, the associated increased cost with that. Um, But what are you seeing or how are you thinking about the interest rate environment, the current economic environment as it relates to M&A? Is there any sort of pullback at all just because some of these economic uncertainties and higher costs of capital from an M&A standpoint? Or is it still, you know, we've got so much to build. We need to build it quickly. Um, You know, yeah, things might be a little bit touch and go right now in the economy, but we can't wait. we got to continue just plowing, you know, full steam ahead. How do you think about that?
0: you know i'm looking up notes because i wanted to kind of call out this big point you definitely have seen a slowdown for sure and tmt finance which is kind of like the go-to periodical in our our world um puts out a put out a first half of 2023 trend analysis okay and so while the number of american u.s based telecom deals was relatively flat in the first half of 23 versus the first half of 22 The absolute dollar of those deals is down 64% year over year, first six months of 23 versus first six months of 22. And I think that is very much a reflection of, oh my gosh, deer in headlights, interest rates, what's going on? Um, I'm hopeful, and we'll see, we're, we're, we're recording this the first day when people are really back to work, that... I'm hopeful there will be like an acceptance of it is what it is. This is the new reality. And now because money is burning a hole in many of a pocket and needs to be put to work. So I, I think we're going to see people get busy again. Um, but, you know, certainly when money was essentially free, it, that it's a hard comp to compare it to.
1: Yeah, for for sure. I mean, do you think there's also a, a valuation disconnect Two, um, whereas you have, might have, you know, investors who are looking at higher discount factors and reducing the value of assets in today's dollars because, you know, as we know, a higher discount factor reduces today's cash flow. So, kind of looking at the value of businesses today, where the seller might be saying, "Well, hey, look, you know, there's all these tailwinds in my industry right now. Yeah, I get that interest rates are higher than they were 12, 18 months ago, but you know, but things have only gotten." I mean, demand is only growing and that's not going to slow down for my business. So I'm not going to sell at the number you want me to sell at, even though you're justifying it through higher interest rates. Is there any of those sort of staring contests going on, you think, out there?
0: I do. I think you have a lot of that. I mean, I think, though, like the classic example, again, back to towers, is you have had the, pub, the three public tower companies just take a whooping on terms of multiples. I mean, they have really probably decreased six to eight turns whereas the private multiples for tower industries was still like north of 30 times in some cases what our checks have shown is you've started to see that more not get down to the high teens but come downward um, from the private side and i think that is a fu- exact function of what you're saying where maybe some sellers had too high of expectations and now they're now they're really really realizing the reality around them
1: you know using a baseball analogy you know if you will around where we are in in this consolidation trend and i, and I realize there's you know <laughs> there was, there's different industries and with different you know characteristics and and they're all unique in and of themselves i think whether it's towers or data centers or, or fiber you know uh, transport companies etc but I don't know, maybe pick maybe with data centers, um, you know, um, you know, tower companies. I mean, where do you think we are right now in the in the consolidation phase? If again, if we were to use a baseball analogy.
0: So the consolidation phase of the tower industry, I think we're kind of in the eighth inning because I don't think the big public ones would ever be allowed to merge. And many of the smaller deals have already been done. I think all eyes on U.S. Cellular. Right. I mean, they are essentially the fourth largest tower company. The company has announced intentions to pursue strategic alternatives allies and US cellular. Sure. Um, I, I think then if you break down the fiber industry, there's kind of two sub bullets to that fiber to the home. I would say people are walking in the ballpark, maybe getting their coats off to sit down. Yeah. Is there, there's definitely going to be a major consolidation. And the w- fiber to the home has gotten so many little fiber to the home orphans, as you know, um, that are backed by many different funds, both private equity and infrastructure funds. And um, I think that there's going to be it reminds me of when I followed wireless and there were a lot of rural wireless companies and they all got consolidated. And that's where we are. We're going to be a massive consolidation. I think for data centers, it's an interesting thing because you've had, as I mentioned, a lot of the private capital come and take these public companies private. It wouldn't surprise me if we see eventually a reversal of that, that some of their exits might be back to the public multiples, public markets. Um, but I, I think there there will be continued consolidation there. You have, I think, uh, ones to watch, Dart Points, Flexential, um, Sixterra. I mean, there's a lot of ones that probably are going to be part of something interesting or get different financial backers to come in there and fund the next leg of growth. Um, And then again, the sub-bullet under data centers is edge. And I think there, again, maybe first, second inning early um, still has to play out. And then um, the one I wanted to mention also that seems to be kind of the forgotten child left in the corner is enterprise fiber. Like no one wants to talk about it anymore. And I actually think the perception of how bad it is is much worse than the reality. Um, I think people, the growth in data centers is only allowed, enabled to be happen to with big fat fiber pipes leading to those. And there is, you know, um, the infrastructure needed on the fiber side, uh, even if we do go into a recession, which seems less likely now, is not, it should not be, like that fiber, especially enterprise fiber, is the nervous system of everything on the business side. And I think that that should not be overlooked.
1: Yeah, you're right. You don't hear a lot about that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So wh- what is the perception then?
0: I think it's that the economy is going to hell in the handbag and that therefore no enterprise fiber will be needed. What I think the reality is, this is very hard to replicate. It's a wide moat around the business. It's a hard business, but... Um, you know, as as things like AI, data centers, five G. I mean, the thing I try to remind people is wireless needs wires, yeah. and so all of this are wire the enterprise fiber side of it. It's really again, it's kind of critical. It, using that the analogy I used to use as an analyst was the cardiovascular system. Uh-huh. Is these are the like the the veins going through the market the body to allow the blood flow
1: to happen (laughs) yeah I I would think too I mean if we just think about you know the current labor market and how tight that is and how companies are having to rethink how they do things right how they can be more efficient and so you look at AI as you mentioned and you know there's a lot of operational efficiencies that can be uh, achieved with AI that can address some of these labor shortfalls so I mean You know all of there's going to be a lot of data that's going to be created and have to be transported throughout different arteries using your analogy that i i just uh that's an interesting perspective because i would think about it the complete opposite way uh given even if we do go into recession it's going to force companies i think to get even that much more creative and aggressive on reducing costs and improving efficiencies
0: that's right and i think the other thing i would add is there's a lot less competition in markets um i mean there might be a lot of enterprise fiber in I live in Chicago and downtown in the loop, but the ones that are crossing the country, I think are very hard to replicate here. And again, I don't think that can be
1: underestimated. No, I would completely agree. Jennifer, we have covered a lot here today, which is fantastic, so thank you so much for that. Um, but before we wrap it up, I wanna just give you an opportunity to you know, talk about anything or share anything that we haven't yet talked about that you think is important to, to address.
0: I I do think just in general that we are still in the early innings. I think that we have yet to see what AI is not only going to do to the data centers, but just to every layer of this business. But I think it's critical that none of that computing power, 5G, all autonomous cars, none of that can happen without the infrastructure behind it. And so I think that, I mean, people are realizing it, but I think there should be a lot of excitement around it going into 2024.
1: That's great. Well, I think a lot of the European infrastructure funds have, have realized that and are are uh, beating the bushes looking for opportunities here. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Absolutely.
1: Well, so. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I sincerely appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. Great to see you always.
1: A special thanks goes out to Jennifer for joining us on the podcast today. The digital infrastructure market is a fascinating one with an unprecedented amount of capital being thrown at it by the largest companies in the world. One of the things that really jumped out at me in my conversation with Jennifer is how rapidly changing customer needs are one of the driving forces behind the consolidation trend. And I have to believe that is only going to accelerate as AI starts to fundamentally change how work gets done and how we live our lives. Hey, thanks for joining me today and watch out for the next episode of the All Day Digital Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is not intended to be investment, tax, or legal advice and should not be relied upon by listeners for such purposes. The information contained in this podcast has been compiled from what CoBank regards as reliable sources. However, CoBank does not make any representation or warranty regarding the content and disclaims any responsibility for the information materials, third-party opinions, and data included in this podcast. In no event will CoBank be liable for any decision made or actions taken by any person or persons relying on the information contained in this podcast.